This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, we're holding now in Pasha's Nosoi. And um, this Pasha is particularly interesting for its string, like a sequence of mitzvahs, which it is uh, discussing. And uh, the challenge in such situations is always to try to find the connection between them, if there's some kind of a, a, um, a relationship between these mitzvahs and how one leads to the other, and why they are placed uh, next to each other. The smichas, the a lot of times with doyrish, the idea of smichas, two things are put together, that's considered to be significant in many cases. Um, so we have a, a string of mitzvahs, some of which are applicable t- today and many of which are not. But of course, everything's relevant in the Torah, so we always have to try to figure out how to apply it to ourselves. Uh, and I think there's some very interesting lessons we can learn uh, from this, uh, again, this, this uh, sequence of mitzvahs. So one mitzvah that we certainly do have today is the mitzvah, which is actually mitzvah Doraisa, I think a lot of people don't realize that, is mitzvah vidui al hachet. It's the um, formal um, uh, acknowledgement, the hoidua, the admission that we have done an avera. In other words, if a person does an avera, um, that is, it's required to bring a uh, korban chatas. Uh, he has to actually say out a particular formula of um, an admission to the fact that he did that. Um, and this is a part of, of a very important and essential part of the process of tshuva. Just in order to be uh, absolved of that hate, we have to... Um, we have to actually admit it, you know, uh, with the dibber, with actual with speech. We have to speak it out. We have to say it outwardly. Um, in this case, uh, presumably in the presence of the coin, um, and that's a that's a necessary part of the of the um, process of tshuva. In the sense that we talk about the three processes. Three three uh, steps to the mitzvah of tshuva. This really is the mitzvah of tshuva we have right here. Is the idea of admitting what we did, and then having charota. That means regretting what we did, and then a kabbalah in terms of um, resolving not to do it again. The um, it says in the medrash. This idea that um, actually this is not this is from Sefer Chesel Avron. He mentions here the idea that when a person does nevera, the Samach Mem, that is the Yitzhahora, is uh, happy, is rejoicing, and Hashem Kaviyochol is sad. Whereas when the person admits that he did it and he um, he does true on it, then the Samach Mem, the, uh, the Yitzhahora, is sad, and Hashem is is happy. So we're turning things around 
in Shemaim, in other words, we're actually uh, bringing joy to the Ivishta Kavyochal by admitting what we did and, and resolving to tshuva. And it's a, considered to be like a conquest of the Yitzhahora and a, certainly a, a, something that, that puts him down, you know, a, a step backwards when we, uh, when we accomplish that. So the first thing is, again, to uh, acknowledge that we did something. Because if we really didn't know what we did, you know, a person can generally uh, say, well, you know, I'm not perfect and uh, I make mistakes and they're a clown. I have to ask Shem uh, for forgiveness because I don't know what I might be doing, you know, that might be getting him angry. But um, on the other hand, uh, if we know that we did something specific and to the extent that we're prepared to bring a carbon for it. So um, obviously we have to first acknowledge what the specific thing is that we did wrong. And then we have to regret it. We have to really uh, be mitzdayer. It's an idea that we ourselves have to be sad about that. And we have to uh, acknowledge not only what we did, but the damage that we did by doing it, and what that uh, what that represents, um, and you know that failure represents. And you know not just to make excuses for it and rationalizations and try to get ourselves off the hook or blame somebody else. And then. Uh, after all that, we have to um, take on for the future that we will not do it again. And Hashem himself, it says, uh, has to be able to bear witness to the, the fact that as far as, as, far as he's concerned, uh, that we're, we're serious enough about it that we're really not going to do it again, that, you know, that's, that's a, uh, it's a real thing. It's not just uh, uh, trying, again, trying to get off the hook. Um, I say, oh yeah, no, I'll never do it again. See, because if you don't have that true regret and understand how far these things, uh, the implications of these things, how far they go, then it's very possible that you could just be careless and, and do it again and not take it seriously enough. Because really, the Aveira itself is one thing, but uh, you know, you can do tshuva for the Aveira. But the problem is, if we don't take it seriously, if we, we take things lightly. Um, I heard from some from a Rav recently, Rav Frank Goldstein, who said that um, the uh, word klola, which is uh, the word for curse, is comes from the word kal, and kal is uh, the word for light or easy, something that's uh, you take it easy or you take it lightly. Uh, that's the real problem, and we saw that talking in the uh, in the, the klulis. That it talks about, um, is talking about uh, if you go with me, Bikeri, which is this uh, kind of, um, you know, haphazard attitude of uh, sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't, when it's convenient, this and that, so you don't really take it seriously. And if you did an Avera, well, it, if you have that kind of attitude, you're very likely to do it again because you don't really take it seriously, especially if it's a serious um, a serious uh, personality thing, like something that you have a uh, really hate so hard to do and it's difficult to control. And certainly if you don't understand the ramifications of it, you're probably not going to work on yourself too hard to uh, to make sure it doesn't happen again. So this is all a very important uh, aspect, and, and something I, I noticed for the first time this year, and then I noticed that the, the Medrash does talk about it considerably, is the wording that's used here. Um, let me find the actual pulsic here. Um, when we talk of the Vidui, it says, Dabeo ben Yisrael, Ish oi isha, ki yaasi mikol chatois ha'udam limoi mal bashem. So, the words that I use here is limoy ma'al bashem, and that's that's kind of a um, 
a rare expression that those words aren't used too often. Uh, there is such a thing as a korban me'ila. It has to do with if we've. It's it's kind of a word for abuse or or uh, kind of a treachery. A, a, a um, uh, kind of turning your back on something or doing damage to something. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting word. But when we're talking about doing an Avera that is considered to be uh, that we are doing damage to Hashem, or we're, we're, we're being a traitor to Hashem in a sense, we're turning our backs on Hashem, and that's directly going to Hashem himself, and the, and the nefesh is what's going, what's what's doing this uh, this, this damage. This this uh, is, is, is guilty here. So it goes all the way, mamish, to the core and to the core of our relationship with Hashem Himself. In other words, Hashem is basically asking us, you know, you really don't take this these mitzvahs seriously enough to protect yourself from going against them. I mean, that's the whole idea of the Torah Shabbat Peh, is that we have uh, all of these uh, Mitzvahs of Rabbonin that are intended to keep us from being over on Mitzvah Doraisa in order to, you know, putting a, a, a gate around the Torah, so to speak, so we shouldn't get any, even close to, to actually being over on the very self. And here, the person obviously was over on a Mitzvah Doraisa, something from the Torah itself, meaning that uh, he apparently did not observe all those things that should have kept him very distant from, from doing that kind of a veira, and he actually was over on, on the device itself to the point where he has to, has to now bring a korban on the base of Mikdash to be a for that. So obviously he, uh, he allowed himself to get to that position. So how did he allow himself to get to that point, and how did he allow himself to, to uh, take it so lightly that he didn't protect himself from, from doing that kind of a veira? So that's very interesting in itself. But um, right after that, we see that um, we have the mitzvah of soita. And soita, interestingly enough, uses the same lotion, that same wording, to talk about what the woman at least is suspected of doing to her husband. So over there it says, That she has done this damage or she has done this, this uh, wrong, she's wronged her husband. So in the same sense as we were saying that, the, that uh, any Yid who doesn't Avera is wronging Hashem, using the same word, Mal, as a woman, if she's not true to her husband, is doing is doing to her husband. So obviously, it's making a, a comparison between a connection between two things, and the and the, the uh, medrash also you know confirms that it brings it out is that just as our relationship to Hashem is like a, a husband and wife, and when we do something wrong, we are essentially uh, uh, wronging our, our wronging Hashem. So they say in the same way that a woman who's not true to her husband is is wronging her husband. Now the whole idea of soita is is to vindicate the woman if Shitaka was not guilty and he only uh, he only suspected her of doing it, even though you know even to get to the point of uh, of, of that uh, having that test of the the uh, soita with the coin and everything is uh, only after she was actually. And there were witnesses that she uh, was alone with that man for a certain period of time. 
um, you know, why did, how did she get that far? But you could almost kind of compare that also to what we're talking about here. How did the person allow himself to, to break through all the gates that the Rabbanah already made around those mitzvahs and put, be put in a, in a position where it's even possible for him to, to, to be over on the mitzvah deraisa? So in the same respect, how is this woman, you know, even getting herself into a position where it's even possible to do uh, such a serious avera by being uh, alone with another man? Um, and uh, that already is, is, is a suspect kind of behavior. But in any case, the point is that um, that it, it is there in order to restore the Shalom bias if he suspected her improperly. Um, there's also an interesting thing that it says about um, if the person, if a, if a man does not give the proper tumbus of ISIS, whatever, to the coin to sustain the coin. Uh, that he's supposed to give him, then eventually he's going to be tested by this. Uh, his wife isn't going to be true to him, and he's going to be tested by the. the, the have, to have to go through this process of, of the saita. So, even if it's only say a suspicion, but in any case, it's not not too pleasant a thing to have to go through. So the point is that over there is also this sort of uh, Goldstein uh, made a uh, has an insight into that idea is that um, if a person is withholds the the, uh, the food stuff or whatever it is that he's the money what that, that he's uh, uh, responsible to give to the coin because he thinks it's his so he thinks, now it's my money I don't want to give it you know to the coin what did, what, did, what did he do to deserve it you know so he's holding it withholding it for himself so in the same sense uh, he's he's punished by thinking that well you know my wife is my own I, 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 she belongs to me and um, and now it ends up that that's also that could be taken away from him um, and it could be it could have been his fault also in the sense that uh, he it's possible that because he decided that he owns his wife that he's going to put extra uh, restrictions on her that would uh, that would cause her to want to rebel because he's uh, he's um, he's overly restrictive. I'm not saying, you know, not justifying her behavior if she goes, goes through with something like that, but uh, at least, but in a sense, he brought it on himself because of the fact that this is a nice ben Yehuda that he, he locked his, his wife in the house and wouldn't let her go out, and then eventually she uh, ended up cheating on him because he was, uh, he was so restrictive. So in any case, this is, these are a couple of the, uh, of the mitzvahs that we, that, that are, it's very interesting the, the way that they're put together here, and it just shows us how, how, uh, how conscious we have to be of the relationship, the unique relationship that we have with Hashem. These are not Stam rules that are written down in you know in the law books. These are these are um, every mitzvah is is an instruction from Hashem to Klal Yisrael, which has to be looked at in the context of the way you know a husband and a wife relate really to each other. And that's why, you know, it's, it has to be taken extra seriously because the implications are more than just, well, I did the wrong thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a kind of a, a um, uh, turning our back on the relationship. It's an idea that we're wronging Hashem and we're being mitzar Hashem. We're bringing Hashem to a, to a condition of uh, his level uh, to uh, a painful situation. And something that's 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 uh, distancing us from Hashem. Then the problem with the Avera is 
not only does Hashem then distance Himself from us, but we feel distant from Hashem because knowing how we, you know, we did something wrong like that, we don't feel like we can come close and 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 have the same relationship unless you know until it's finally restored by some human kipper and tshuva and all these this whole process is is just also comparable to the idea of the um, of the uh, soita is that that they have to go through a whole process in order to restore the relationship of husband and wife that was there originally. And in the same sense, uh, because there's a, become a distance, there's become a, a difficult uh, separation between them. In the same sense, every time you do an Avera, it distances us from Hashem, and we have to go through a whole process to restore that relationship to its former uh, closeness uh, in order for us to continue, that we should continue to serve Hashem with our full heart and with uh, with joy, with simcha. Um, and then we go on to the parsha of the Nozir. And we're told that the Nazir is also connected to the Yerev Soita, because the Nazir, uh, having, it says the Nazir who saw, the person who saw a woman going through this idea of Soita, the whole, the whole process of Soita, and thinking, you know, what caused this to happen, and uh, thinking, you know, towards a woman that uh, is uh, overly... Um, uh, Flighty, whatever you know. This is good. Talk about you know drinking and 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 uh, a loose type of behavior that would cause uh, that kind of uh, situation to arise. Um, he feels like you know he doesn't want to have anything to do with that anymore. Like this, if if, if a person can become so corrupted by the influence of uh, worldly pleasures and things, uh, and they can get them to that to, into trouble to that extent, then he wants to distance himself as much as possible from from those pleasures, so that uh, he feels that that um, you know it shouldn't shouldn't corrupt him. It's a corrupting influence. So what's interesting is, of course, that he goes through this whole period of time, whatever he takes on, I guess the, the standard time is like 30 days, but he takes this on, and this becomes his, his uh, nadir, becomes something that he, an extra thing that he takes on, on himself, and then he becomes obligated by it. Like the concept that, you know, whatever a person says he's going to do, he has to follow through with it. So... Um, Assuming he's, not, uh, he's able to go through that whole that whole period of time without uh, becoming tama and without I mean it requires a great deal of vigilance to not to be tama and not to eat anything from the uh, derives from a grape and all these things. So um, which also says Marabas to the the uh, Eitzadas, which was also brought on by you know perhaps a, a too much tithe or whatever worldly things. So he says he's going to distance himself from any pleasures of the world. The only problem with this is that at the, at the end of all that, that that process, by the time he's done with it, and he finally has to, uh, he's finally, you know, uh, goes back to his uh, normal life. Uh, he has to go. He has to bring a korban, and um, as if he did something wrong. And and it says uh, specifically, you give him wine to drink. You know, so there are various interpretations of this why and, and uh, how literally it's to be taken. But the idea is, I mean, it's just he's, he's allowed to drink wine. But the way that the the uh, the Pasuk says it is that we give him wine. So what's what's the idea here? Is is a very I think a very very significant insight as to why we're here all together. Uh, Yid is not here to become. You know, we, we talk about the idea of, of kedusha. Uh, holiness is connected with precious, uh, of, uh, you know, separating oneself from the world to some extent to become more holy. But 
we are we definitely do not encourage the kind of um, you know uh, monasteries and convents, for example, you find in, in, in uh, Catholicism or ashrams that you find in, in, in India and things like that. We, we don't occur, encourage that kind of separation from the world. Uh, a Jew is supposed to be very much involved in the world and all the mitzvahs are very much involved with worldly things and how to, how to deal with them. But the whole point is that, uh, that because Hashem sent us as shluchim into the world, not just to separate ourselves from the world, but to be involved with the world, to elevate it to our and show it's connected to its higher source. So if we just, uh, uh, you know, become ascetics and and separate ourselves from any any worldly things, then how are we doing? That? How are we doing that? We're just we're just showing that it's as if we're saying, you know, you can't be involved with worldly things and still be holy. And we know that uh, so many of the mitzvahs are davka encouraging us to have to do with the world. I mean, uh, every time, uh, every, every, every Shabbos, you know, it talks about all the great sages that what they used to do to prepare for Shabbos, and they, they would do very worldly things. They would go out and, 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 and cut the, the, the wood for, for, the, for the fire, and they would, you know, go, go to the, go to the, the shuk, to the... To the uh, to the market to buy fish and buy different things for Shabbos. And uh, each, each uh, of the Tanoim and Urim had their own way of preparing for Shabbos, which is always something very, um, very worldly that they should be involved with. And the Suda of Shabbos, the big thing is the eating on Shabbos to make this feast, to make the, make the, the Sudas uh, prepare you know, for Shabbos uh, a whole day. And the Arab Shabbos should be devoted to, to preparing for Shabbos. These are all things that involve worldly uh, activities, and uh, an enjoyment, supposed to be physically enjoying the Shabbos. So if the talkless of the, of the world, of our whole avoid it, is Shabbos, and, and Yom Tif and this kind of thing, and, and that's, that's Davka when we're, we're uh, serving Hashem uh, the most, uh, in the deepest way, and those involve specifically physical things that we have to do and physical enjoyment. Within the you know within the boundaries and the and the limits that that uh, uh, that have been set down. So how can we say that the goal of the world is to be totally separated from these things? So the nozer in a sense is saying I can't control myself. I'm 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 afraid of that getting in the world getting involved with the world will bring me into this uh, to, to this level of of of, of, various of the of the soita. Um, and as if I can't handle it. So after that period of time is over, we say, okay, now you, you went through this period so that you like went to the opposite extreme. But now you have to come back to the middle again and you have to participate in the world just like everybody else. And, you know, the idea is that through the Torah, we're given the strength and the, and the boundaries and the instructions so that we can handle the temptations of the world to some extent. And, uh, you know, I mean, we know how to separate ourselves from those temptations through the mitzvahs. But, I mean, for example, the, the, the Soyuz, if she, if she had observed the mitzvah, the, the, the mitzvahs, the Rabbonin of, uh, of Yichud, then she probably never would have gotten into trouble. So the Dafka, the Rabbonin, have set uh, various through, through, uh, through the mitzvahs and all through, through, the, through Musa and these kind of things, that, uh, in, uh, the, the kind of instruction that we need to be able to survive. Uh, properly in the world with these temptations and still be able to serve Hashem. And if we don't, then uh, it's it's really our own fault for not looking and observing the Torah on all its levels so that we can handle the, the challenges that, that come from living in the world. But 
it, it, any, in any case, the goal is that we should be living in the world and we should be involved with people and involved with, with, with the social aspects and with, uh, you know, within, within those boundaries and guidelines that would have been set up uh, in order to be able to be involved in a positive way with the world and not considered to be such a threat. It also brings to mind a very, very important um, aspect, uh, important insight that I think is, is uh, perhaps appropriate to bring up at this time, is that the person has to recognize that we are not here uh, just with to use out our own koichas, so to speak, our own our own powers and our own abilities, and, and you know, evaluating if we can handle things just on the basis of our own strength. In other words, just as a person is not allowed to say, that my own strength has accomplished this particular thing, that I, I accomplished something, and now I, I, uh, I give credit to myself that I was the one who did it. As you realize it's Hashem's strength that's in us, it's also improper to say um, that I'm not up to something that I don't have koyach for this because I am too weak. You know, there's, if, if it's a challenge, something that's set up for me that I'm expected to be able to, uh, to, to overcome that challenge. And, I tell, and I, I'm telling myself, well, I'm, I'm afraid. I have a, you know, tremendous anxiety and I'm, I'm afraid of confronting this situation because I'm such a weak person. So then he has to look at himself and say, look, but who is... You know, who is doing this? Who's giving me the koyach to be able to survive in the world altogether? How, how am I surviving from day to day? It's only because I have the koyach of Hashem. Hashem is giving me that, that strength and that power. It's all come from Hashem. So my strength is not just my own strength. I can't look at, oh, well, I don't have koyach. You know, I can't do this. I'm not up to it. It's not me. It's not about me. It's about, it's about that I am a vessel. I'm a chariot. I'm a, you know, a rechev. I'm, I'm a, a, a vehicle for Hashem's to come into the world. So therefore, if I give myself over to Hashem and I really have a tochen, and I know that this particular challenge or test is coming from Hashem, then I can rely on Hashem's strength to pull me through and not just on my own. So, Mamash, it's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. On, the other, on one hand, we can't become arrogant because we know that the strength is really not ours. It belongs to Hashem. But on the other hand, if we're really, all our strength, strength comes from Hashem and Hashem's strength is limitless, so therefore, if we really do, if we're doing something l'shem shemayim because we feel that that is Hashem wants us to do it, and it's coming from Hashem, then we can't back out because we're saying, well, I don't have, I don't have koyach, I can't do this. It's not because because I do have the koyach. Hashem is giving me the koyach. The whole the, 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 Hashem is the limitless koyach. So that gives us confidence at the same time. So we, if we have a, a, a lack of self-esteem, it's because we have. It's it's the same to us. It's the same. It's the same mistake that we're making to think that it's something to do with us. Just as we can't take credit for things that it, that we so-called did accomplish, that it's our koyach that accomplished it. So in the same respect, we have to say that uh, when confronting anything that's in, in the world, it's not, it's not up to me, it's not my koyach, it's not my, a question of my strength here. It's, it's my giving myself over to Hashem who has you know, unlimited strength. <clears throat> so in, in either case, it should take off the pressure. People are very pressured because they're constantly trying to evaluate themselves, <clears throat> trying to, to uh, shots up, as they say, trying to, to estimate, well, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it based on can I do it or can't I do it? You know, it's something to do with me. It's all about, because they're, they're always thinking in terms of me. Can I do it? You know, is, is it something for me? It's not about you. It's about Hashem. 
because Hashem, is, Hashem has given us our bodies, our health, you know, physical health, our, our bodies to begin with, our physical health, our minds, the ideas that we've been taught, you know, our talents, all the abilities that we have, all is from Hashem. In, in a sense, we can say there's virtually nothing of ours. The, the, the one thing that we have is the roots and to serve Hashem. We, can, we have the, the choice means, our choice is to serve Hashem Berutz. It was not to serve Hashem because we're forced to do it or because we, we're just doing what everybody else is doing, but because Hashem wants us to do it. So this is really uh, what we'll talk about later I mean, Hashem, in the Parsons of the Meraglim, which is in the next couple of weeks, um, that this is really a problem with the Meraglim. The Meraglim were, 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 were preying on the people's insecurity and the lack of betokhan. By saying, we can't do this. You know, that's, this is too much for us. This is too hard for us. When Hashem was saying, look, it's not about you. you, you just as I got you to this point already and you survived till now, you'll survive, you know, you'll, I'll, I'll bring you into Yisrael and I'll give you the land. It's, it's all me. It's nothing to do with you. You just have to want to do it. You just have to be masking, you know, to do it. And since the people were not on that level, they weren't able to go into to, uh, Yisrael because they thought that it's, it's going to be too hard for them. So, to really be besimcha in, in avoidus Hashem with the proper, you know, humility that we're supposed to have. Humility doesn't come from saying, oh, I'm nothing and I can't do anything and I'm just a, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm a nothing. No, that's not what it's about. It's about that we are all creations of Hashem, which is a glorious thing, which is a magnificent you know, creation that we are. It's all because of Hashem. It's not because of us. And because of that relationship with Hashem, and because Hashem is the one who's putting us in the way of these different, uh, you know, experiences and challenges and, and, and tests and all these things, that He takes responsibility as long as we put ourselves in His hands and don't think that it's up. You know, it's 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 that we are the ones who are making it happen. So, in any case, so you see the the um, the chain of uh, of. Uh, mitzvahs here, being first the idea of, you know, uh, being able to acknowledge our Averis and realizing the, the real charata, the real, the real um, uh, embarrassment and, uh, and, and tsar and, and uh, being, being sorry for having done something is not just because the thing that we did was wrong, but because in doing so, we violated Hashem and our relationship with Hashem, and uh, just as uh, is shown from the uh, the mitzvah of the Saita, which um, which is also a, a you know a similar situation of a uh, a woman not being true to her husband, and then um, we are uh, and just as over there. The woman herself got herself into trouble because she didn't take the mitzvahs of the rabbonin, the the, the the siag around the Torah, the fence around the Torah, seriously enough. So, in the same respect, um, we have to ask ourselves: you know, are are we taking it seriously enough in terms of the way that we uh, that, that we approach the mitzvahs to protect ourselves from getting into the the, the situation of actually violating a mitzvah? And that all being connected to the idea of the nozir, that even though we may have to go to the opposite extreme or to come back to the middle, the the goal is to be completely involved in the world and uh, using the world for a Kiddush Hashem and using the world to, to show 
Hashem's connected to the connected to the world. That is his connection with the world as a whole, and also ultimately to realize that we are totally Hashem's and our koyach belongs to Hashem, and that uh, we should not be constantly thinking about uh, making our evaluations of whether we are up to doing something or not. If we have the proper betochen, we know that is and this is what Hashem wants us to do. So then uh, He'll give us the strength to be able to get through it. Amen. I'd just like to add that. In some little sense, the mitzvah that comes after that is the mitzvah of the Birkas Kahanim. And that is an excellent uh, expression of the idea that all of our brochas and all of our koyach comes from Hashem himself. That uh, the fact that we, we the fact is that, that there, the whole concept of Birkas Kahanim is that Hashem is, is there's an energy that Hashem is mamish putting into us. He's, he's transferring that, and through the Kohanim, he's transferring that energy of his energy directly to us, and that's what, what brings down the koyach of the brochas, that we are able to bring brochas into the world, and the blessing into the world, a shefa, and a abundance into the world. All those things is, are coming from, ultimately from, the energy that Hashem gives us, both in terms of the energy that he gives us to be able to, to work the land and work, you know, to to to, to promote Parnassa, whatever that we should be able to do the established to bring these things to in, in, into the world. But it's all again from his strength. Messiah, he gave the the power for the earth to bring forth its 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 bounty. It's it's you know, all these brochas, and Sai he gives us the strength to be able to 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 bring that out of the uh, out of the earth to bring that he was, he was, he was saying, it's, Hashem is the moitzi he's the one who's bringing it out but we are the ones that are doing the physical labor to to plant and to you know to reap the fields and to and to bake the bread and all this stuff so we're doing the physical actions but the the the, the power behind it is all from Hashem so that is this we see bechish mamish through the Quranum this. This bracha, this this uh, shefa, is coming into the world directly from Hashem to us. So it's a mamash, a very very unique uh, position that we have in the whole concept of the, of the avoid of the bishamikdash was to bring those brachas into the world in such a way that we see that Hashem is the source of the bracha, and we're only doing his uh, his bidding. You know, we're, we're we're doing what he tells us to do in order to uh, bring that. Brucha mina koyach elapoil, because he could have done it himself, and instead he uh, he instructs us to be the ones to serve him, and through serving him, we're the ones who bring it into the world, and that's again a very very unique uh, uh, opportunity that we have to serve Hashem.